Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. I am Jim Delmonaco, songwriter for Kirby Crackle and the most handsome man in the universe. My name is Kyle Stevens. I'm the lead singer and guitar player for the Kirby Crackles, and I like you. And you are listening to Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show. Can I work you? Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Colin. And today we're going to talk about the summer blockbusters. So far, for all you time travelers out there, it's mid of the sum- <laughs> middle of the summer 2011. This episode comes out July 1st. 2011? 2011? How did I- we're time travelers now? Oh. <laughs> Wait, why, why in the hell did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? Am I? Is it, <laughs> Cap, is it 2011 for you? Which which cap do we have I here? Think maybe that was the last time a year was important to me, and, I, and, and so I just stopped. Like no, I just you know it's just you get older, you forget how old you even are, and I just stopped caring. Well, okay. Let me, let uh, me just read every every year you forgot your own age. <laughs> and weirdly that's where, enough, that's when the accident happened. Was on that day. <laughs> I'm staring right at the best of Orlando 2012. <laughs> But that's the wrong year, too. <laughs> I'm going to, since we're on the topic of time travelers, I still, one of my life goals is to go in a crowded place dressed up like I'm from the 80s, run up to someone, just yell, what year is it? <laughs> and then just go, it's not too late, and just scamper off. You could do the same thing if you're naked and you're doing the, the Terminator version. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think there's a less chance of being arrested right? <laughs> if, you, if you're dressed like you're from the 80s or dressed from 80s future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you do that. You've got the hair for it. You've got some new wave going on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, since we are discussing films, you can bet that there are spoilers here. Spoilers for what, you ask? Well, there's spoilers for Star Trek Into Darkness, World War Z, and Man of Steel. But if you haven't seen those films and you're ready to brave into spoiler territory nonetheless, we can guarantee you a good time. So this summer actually kicked off with an early show episode. We, uh, Caught a slightly early showing of Iron Man 3. We came right back to the studio and recorded an episode about it. Now, we're going to probably be talking about Iron Man 3 a little bit, just as a sort of a basis for comparison. But if you want our full opinions on Iron Man 3, then you should definitely look there and we'll link to it on this episode's page. I didn't get to chime in on my thoughts on Iron Man 3, and I basically loved it. I thought, I thought, I mean, I'm not saying that it's the best movie out there. I'm not saying it's the best Marvel movie out there or even the best Iron Man, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went to that movie. And I walked away smiling. You're allowed to say it was the best Iron Man. Do you think it was the best Iron Man? I don't think so. No? Like, I still really stand by Iron Man 1. 
Like, I love Don Cheadle as Rhodey. I think that was an amazing shift. And I loved so much what they did with the Mandarin in this. But uh, I still, I, I think it was a thoroughly enjoyable. I think I'd place it over Iron Man 2. Well, everybody puts it over Iron Man 2. Yeah. I went in skeptical, came out a believer again. I was like, every time I've doubted Marvel, they've, they've proven me wrong. And I just, I still haven't learned. I don't like, know why. They, they just <laughs> really, they really grabbed that whole, like, campy not campy but kind of like almost campy well, just fun no, 70 just action film yeah and you could really see that in that in credits in case you missed the memo by the way mm-hmm. we were a total send-off to like 70s action films and it really except, I, I, except like they were and they weren't right it was yeah. so good such a fusion and i just really love the relationship tony had with the kid yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of people were like, "Oh, they brought a kid in," and I'm like, "Yeah, but did you watch the film? Like, <laughs> did you see how they was very self aware of the whole oh, yeah. kid thing?" Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Was, Wait, are you guilt tripping me? <laughs> yeah. So um, he, doesn't he call him a pussy at some point? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So overall, I enjoyed it. Well, what about you, Colin? You you also weren't on that episode. Uh, I enjoyed Iron Man three a lot. Uh, the only issue that I really had with Iron Man three is that I don't think that they could decide whether or not he uh, his PTSD was funny or we should take it seriously. And that was my only issue with it is that I was confused as an audience member as to whether or not it was a joke because sometimes it was funny and then other times the other characters on screen were like, "Oh, this is a real problem," and then it just for me just didn't make sense. So because it. It needed to be one or the other for me. I personally 100% agree with Colin on this. That he was still shocking. (laughs) Stop the presses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love that he was suffering from after. Yes, uh, I do. I think that was awesome. That was super cool. Like, especially Tony, because he basically gazed into the abyss of space. Right. And fell um, fell from the abyss of space. Fell from the abyss of space and nearly died. And so he had to have some kind of reaction. And they showed that. And they, I thought they did it well, with the exception of. The kind of bipolar feel of is this funny or is this serious? I, I think it struck a good balance because Tony took it seriously and the people around him took it seriously, but the audience was allowed to laugh at the situation that he was in, like when the kid doesn't understand what he's seen, and he's just like, New York, you're not laughing at Tony's stress, you're laughing at the kid's misunderstanding of the situation. That's true. And it is kind of funny because, I mean, he did a very, very serious, very heroic thing, and if he was a real person, this would be like pretty momentous, but at the same time, He's Tony Stark. He's a man of science, and he and he's really struggling with how ridiculous it was. And that ridiculous in itself is like, wow, that, that happened to me. That's okay. Um, I, it just wasn't clear for right. me. It just wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's really that's and because the other characters will give you, you know, they'll give you inference as to what you're supposed to, how to react, and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, it, it was inconsistent as far as the characters are concerned on screen as well. So I don't know. That was that was otherwise I loved loved it. It was that was just the only thing that was just a little bit yeah. sticking in my yeah. craw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like well, I, like I, again, I walked out of the theater loving it. Afterwards, I had a couple people point out like minor plot holes. But I think it's a telltale sign of a good movie when someone points out the minor plot holes and you just go, yeah, but it still kicked ass. Exactly. You know, it's like yeah. where, where you, I still, it I still enjoy it. the slightest. Yeah. 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 Um, Agreed. And it's it's a really great as far as, you know, post Avengers could things could have gotten dicey there. But no, yeah, a heck of a great start to yeah. a post Avengers mm-hmm. Marvel verse. And a start to a summer of movies. I, I, yeah. I just rewatched uh, Avengers um, last night because it's now on Netflix. And it, I was just remarking to Sophie how it's just so I love it because it feels like all the other separate Marvel movies. They all kept this kind of same tone, 
And I love Iron Man 3 because it still has that same tone. It still feels like it's even a though, part Even of, though it's quote-unquote scaled back from Avengers, it still feels like it just... It feels like it's the Marvel Universe. And it still feels yeah. big and threatening, even though you don't have all the Avengers or Thanos or something crazy happening. Right. That's kind of my fear with the... Uh, DC movies, but mm-hmm. we can get on that uh, at another yes. time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the that was the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Joss Whedon saw the ending of Iron Man three early and was like, "Well, what the fuck am I going to do now with Avengers 2 Because <laughs> uh, that was insane. I, I, like, I like he's humble. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of a ridiculous reaction for him to have, but hey, I mean, it was good, so mm-hmm. so sure. Uh, but you know, Thanos, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, excited. Yeah, very, very excited. excited. Uh, and and if any unbelievers are out there. Um, thinking why the hell is Guardians gonna rock really check out Brian Michael Bendis's current Guardians of the Galaxy yep. book it's four issues in right now by issue three you'll you'll be thinking oh yeah this would be a really good movie Blam so, murdered you and <laughs> Blam murdered you <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next thing to happen is Star Trek Into mm. Darkness and so let's let's take a moment here and say that um, State of the Empire is coming soon mm. and um, this discussion will Save us some time in the next state of the empire, so yeah. we won't have to go into this in yeah. full. Mm, it, it, it was a thing. It was good well, I, in well, ways. I'll put it this way: like if you listen to the uh, last state of the empire when we're talking about like, oh, Star Trek Into Darkness is coming soon. I had like a lot of benefit of the doubt, just because I enjoyed the first one. Like I thought it was great. Oh yeah, you know, was, I love the first movie. Yeah, it was love a lot it. of fun, and I thought, well, you know, they're bringing pretty much everybody back. There's like this mystery about who the villain's going to be. Like they haven't really said it. And at the time, I got to say, going into it, a lot of people like on like YouTube and IMDb and all, you know, uh, and uh, people I know who aren't really big Star Trek fans, but just like the movie, they're like, I think it's going to be Khan. Is it Khan? I think it's going to be Khan. Because that'd be great. It'd be great to be Khan. I'm like, people, come on. It's not Khan. Because look at it. First of all, why would you do this, 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 blah, 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 blah. So I go into the movie and my personal experience was like, I'm watching the movie. I'm having fun. Uh, it's, I'm like, I'm waiting for it to really kind of kick it in to the big twist, to the big high gear thing. The big reveal happens that it is Khan, and I'm just sort of like, oh, mm. you guys didn't, you, why were you more original in the first film with your bad guy? <laughs> and now you have even more freedom that you've set up in a separate universe. You clearly state the fact, no, things are different now. Whatever we were going to be no longer applies. And then we literally just try to remake the old films like, yeah and yeah. while i i had a fun time watching it it just mm-hmm. plain wasn't as good a movie as the first one mm-hmm. and it provides a very strange situation that as far as i know has never occurred before in film where it's a sequel that's a remake mm-hmm. and yeah and but also a parallel universe at the same time like it's very it's a very complicated situation uh, because as as filmmakers, they said, we want to do Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. which makes it a remake. But it's a sequel to an alternate timeline. Right. And then it's also aware of the existence of the original story. Uh, when they new timeline Spock calls up old timeline Spock to be like, hey, how'd you deal with him in this movie in your movie to so I can deal with him in my movie? That was just I oh my god I wanted to throw everything through the screen it was just such crap it was crap but I didn't want to throw anything at my screen and t- he says old Spock did you ever meet a man named Khan and he says yes and I'm like okay well what's he gonna say and he's just like how did you deal with him and he's like I swore that I would never tell you anything about the future and I'm like good but. good and he goes but 
I'll make an exception in this case. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, it, 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 when leaving the theater. Please pause here and watch yeah. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> insert disc two. Cut, in. <laughs> it, you know, the, the fan edit shouldn't be the first whole half of Star Trek Into Darkness. And when he says, did you ever meet a man named Khan? And he's just like, yes. And he's like, how did you deal with him? Slow the wings, just wavy fade out into uh, the beginning of Wrath of Khan, and then you just yes. enjoy that and, film. And here's here's the thing that really annoys me about it because it, I mean, I, I'm still kind of blown away by how strange this arrangement of uh, items is here. Like, because it, it's it's kind of crazy, like that anybody mm. thought this was a good idea because it's complicated. It's really complicated. Well, see, that's, I, um, you're saying it's complicated. I think that that in, that is insinuating that there was a design involved, <laughs> like, <laughs> as opposed to just like, hey, look, we got to, you know what? Throw throw Khan. Everyone there, really likes know? Khan. Let's yeah. just put the, it in there. Like, Khan's character development as a villain is based entirely on you having seen. The original film, yes, because or, yeah. or space seed at that, or because at, at that point, at that point that he says, "Well, like pause here and watch Khan," that is really the place where all of his motivation as a villain is revealed. Except it doesn't happen on screen. So if this is truly for the audiences, like the mainstream audiences that this movie is supposed to be for, because there's lots of explosions, mm. what the fuck is going on? Well, the thing, see, yeah. I knew I my first sign that something was weird and wrong was in the very, very, very beginning when you're seeing the montage of that dad taking care of his daughter, and he's, like, upset, and he goes outside, and he's looking at the balcony, and he's looking over the balcony, and then he hears a voice that's like, I can save her. And then he turns, and he's like, who are you? And then it cuts to Benedict's face, and you just hear the... of the soundtrack of, like, the strings playing this, like, terror sound, and it's just a dolly in on his face, and he doesn't say his name, and I'm like... Well, that was a big, grand, evil sound, you know, like for someone who I don't know, like you're acting like I should know who it is. Why should I know who this is when it's new? Please don't be con. And then, of course, you know, it gets to that point and like he's jumping around and like, I don't know, you, like, you, like you said, it's like, oh, you need you, in order to get his motivation, motivation, you had to see Wrath of Khan in Wrath of Khan. In order to get his motivation, you kind of needed to see, see the, Space Seed. Yeah. But that even didn't happen in this universe. So... Why is he a big bad villain? As far as I'm concerned, like w- and, what made and him? And if J.J. Abrams is not a Star Trek fan and doesn't real, and uh, then where the hell is all this continuity coming from? Yeah, I mean, because because just like the first film, this film goes deep with references. Yeah, like the, uh, the way pl- more so than the first. The one. place that um, that Khan destroys, like that is a. I'm, I'm going to screw this up. I wish Matt Spill was here. He's in Germany right now. He's our our prime Star Trek Star Wars like brain. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's our holocron. Um, <laughs> but for both, he was telling me all this crazy shit. That whole facility was something that was mentioned in DS9 that referenced back to like there's some like dialogue that's exchanged at some point where they're like section whatever i've never heard of that and they're like you haven't heard of it's like well how long you been there he's like we've always been there and like Mm -hmm. this is this is proof that they have always been there whoa right like this is this is not only confirming but building on the original star trek mythos in some scenes and like and who's responsible for that shit jj jj just directs it he's like if he's not that big of a star trek fan i give him a little bit of a pass because if he doesn't really know the mythology if he doesn't really know the backstory 
He's no, no, like, no, Doug, no. He does not get a pass. He's the no, fucking no, no. director I, I didn't, of the I didn't film. Say, I didn't say free pass. I just said he's getting a little bit of a pass. No, a he gets no pass. He's the director of a film for like this franchise that has like gone on for years and years and years with a if the huge fan following. But the franchise, where but people but, are going on about like the depth of this. I agree. Uh, particular mythos, but, but the man. franchise is no, rebooted. No pass. No, pass. The, no, no, the, the old no, no. He see, he reneged on his pass. He, no, he he. <laughs> With the first film, he said, no, we're starting over. We're doing a new thing. We're not referencing the old films with the exception of old Spock and like whatever. From here on out, we're going to be different. Bullshit. So no, 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 it is bullshit because in the second film, like you pointed out, they heavily base everything on the old stuff. So well, the entire film is essentially fan service. There's exactly. so much fan no, service you're right. in the second I'm a, film. I'm, it's I'm a, insane. I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you, which is why it's messed up, which is why I think Ugh. the second film fails. No, and, and to continue on that, any pass that J.J. That Abrams might have gotten, to me, completely is washed away over his directing of Benedict Cumberbatch. Because basically, he was like, hey, so just be Space Sherlock. That's what I want. Well, I see. I haven't seen Sherlock, so I don't know. It's basically the exact same character. I, I know. I, I know Benedict has more depth as an actor than mm-hmm. just being this cold, calculating, merciless sociopath. See, I, I don't. I can't compare uh, his performance versus whatever because this is like honestly, this is like probably the first thing I've ever seen him seen him uh, in. But all I can do is compare the choices that they made versus the last film and both of those together versus every other Star Trek ever made. No, and I agree with so, that. I loved the first Star Trek because it was so different because it was so mm-hmm. right. So its own thing. So when they say, all right, now we're going to bring in like, so even if they decided to bring in con, make it a completely different con, make it. A yes. compl- well, make it a completely different con. But kind of my problem was like, if you're bringing in con, he was nothing like the first con because first you got, you know, uh, 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 Ricardo Montalban, super charismatic. Like vain as hell, stronger than normal people, but he's not Spider Man. Like Benedict in this movie was Spider Man. He was leaping off of things. He was throwing people in the air. He would hit somebody with a stick, and they would go flying. And he had Wolverine's powers of re- regenerative properties. Yeah, like Khan was a man. He was a mortal man. Like, in it's, it's you know the difference the between a superhuman and like Captain America, where Captain America yeah. is just pushed to the limit of what exactly. Is. So I think what we're saying here is we just like mm. just pick something. Yeah, like if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna like reboot the series, reboot the series. But if, if you're gonna reference something that happened previously, and you're gonna say that oh well, all that stuff that happened did happen, but this is this is an alternate timeline. Right. Then stick to the original stuff and keep using it because it's good. Right. But don't don't like gloss it over and say well it didn't happen that way but this is this is a separate universe but it's the same universe but it's like well make up your fucking mind asshole that was yeah i I would agree that the biggest problem is that they couldn't make up their mind whether they wanted the fan service of the original stuff or explore the new stuff yeah you know and to be honest if they just explore the new stuff you know what would make the movie 10 times better if there's a future fan edit where they just erase khan's name from it and just give him a a fancy name of like my name is my name is is Buster uh, Black. Yeah, yeah. My name's Buster. My name's Buster, and it's just like Buster, Spock, uh, old Spock. Have you ever in your <laughs> travels met someone named Buster? Nope. No, like <laughs> you know. And then suddenly, suddenly, our heroes are on their own in in territory it, that's unexplored. It, you know what would really confuse me at the very, very end, where they're like, "All right, we're about to embark on our five year mission." I'm like, "I thought you guys were going to do this at the end of the first no, movie." No, exactly. Like, he's like Spock. I, he's like Spock. You know, permission to come aboard, and he comes in, and he's just like, "Bones, buckle up." Oh, here we go, warp speed, and like, so where did they go? 
I, I, did, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't waiting. I wasn't waiting for them to do that. Like, I didn't think that I needed to be told that they were going to go on their five year mission. Right. The, the first film ends with them being a crew. Right. <laughs> why did right. They, well, why, that, it's and, like they were they were twiddling their fucking thumbs. And the, in the beginning, it's like Kirk and Spot, like everybody's character arc was the exact same character arc from the first film. It's yeah. like we're supposed to be thrown together. Spock and I were supposed to be buddies, but we're, we're still arguing over things. And I'm not really the captain. I'm not fit for the captain's chair. You're not ready, Kirk. Same thing in this one. It's just like, Kirk, we gave you the Enterprise. We're taking it away because you're not ready. But you're still a first mate. So if anything happens to me, you're a captain again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, even in the beat for beat, it was the same exact film where even Christopher Pike visits him in a fucking bar <laughs> and gives him a speech to go back to Starfleet and work you on know, the Enterprise. I was in a bar when I told you this the first time. It's like, yeah, I saw that movie. <laughs> Let's see a different movie. Well, and my complaint is, my, another complaint is, is that they have this diverse crew, this really awesome crew. They did not use them. Like Uhura was a little no. bit. Yeah. Well, like, Bones, well, Scotty, was, Bones, was, Bones was barely there. Scotty Bones was, was barely pivotal. there. Well, Scotty was pivotal, but it's like they kicked it. He, he, he left the Enterprise. And I'm like, that's an interesting twist. Take Scotty off the Enterprise and show how they need him or whatever. But then since we, since Chekhov's got nothing to do whatsoever, let's put him down there to be like, Captain, I let them war drive. It's going crazy. I, I don't know exposition. Uh, yeah, yeah, know? And then that's all I, it was. I don't, I don't really have the credentials for this. I should not be here. Yeah. And put then, me back on the ship, please. Yeah. I'm only 17. It was, it was, he was an exposition <laughs> machine. And like, that was it. Right. Captain, yeah. captain, the ship isn't working. Why not? Because the plot says <laughs> yeah. so. Well, the, the, ex- well, the exposition <laughs> drive is overloaded. <laughs> well, be, you know, and instead of doing something interesting, with Chekhov being down there and Scotty being out there, they both become exposition machines. Like yeah. you take when you separate them from what they're supposed to do, you could do something new with it and take it somewhere different. But instead, it's like, well, let's just have Scotty have a communicator, which suddenly can work across the galaxy now and has no range limits. Right. Like and uh, and say and cannot be picked up by people on the same frequency. Yeah. And, well, and and another thing, like there's a million. I mean, we could go on about this whole thing for forever, but I, I got to right. say, leaving the movie. I was. I thought it was a thrill ride. It was exciting. It was very pretty. Uh, I laughed. You know, it, it did its job to entertain me. But as a Star Trek fan, I was very, very frustrated. See, I walked away entertained, but not at the same level that I was with Iron Man three. Where yeah, I agree, the yeah. benefits did not outweigh the cost because there I, was a certain amount of respect that just plain wasn't shown to the the audience because that and and lar- not not on purpose. But in large part because the creators couldn't make up their mind. Maybe it's because you know Damon Lindelof had his hand in the script, and he's all uh, about he's all about screwing that up. Or maybe there's yeah. just too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Maybe there was just too many people messing with it. But I I, ha- I have to nerd rage because this is a nerdy show. I, I have to nerd rage about about a couple things. Why the fuck was there a Tribble on that goddamn ship? Because Tribbles are in Star Trek. Yeah. Why the fuck was there a Tribble on that goddamn people, starship? People love then, oh, hey, let's just inject it with con blood just because. Just because. Yeah, because, you know, well, Tribble anatomy is very I mean, similar. Like, they they established is- in the old episodes that Tribble anatomy was almost identical to the way humans worked. <laughs> the opening of the movie, they're on the volcano planet and they're doing the thing and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. The Enterprise is under the water. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it's different. You know, it's different. Doing different yeah. things. Rises it, out of the water. It's very pretty. It's very cool. And they flying over. It's like the, the, the dilemma was Spock is in the volcano. We can't beam him out because we need a direct line of sight to beam him out. And if we fly up above to get the direct line of sight, the native people are going to see us. And that violates the prime directive. People point out, well, hey, isn't being on the planet violation? I'm like, whatever, I, whatever. I'll let that slide because it's Star Trek. We got to have fun. When, whenever they beam down on an away mission to do something with natives, and if they're trying to hide from the prime directive, where's the Enterprise? During that time, it's in space, in not, orbit. not underwater. In yeah. Geosynchronous now, orbit. Now, in orbit, can the native population see the Enterprise? No. And in orbit, 
Can you get a direct line of sight over a volcano? Yes. Why wasn't the Enterprise in orbit over that planet? <laughs> oh. is, is it yeah. day one, book one of your Starfleet manual, how to get in standard orbit over an <laughs> alien planet? Doug, Doug, that's why he got brought back and was no longer the captain. You know, he didn't follow that page. We're going under fucking water. It's uh, like, Captain, uh, just why? I mean, we could just stay up in space and conserve our energy. It'll you look know? cool when the water comes off the CG ship. <laughs> also, also, it'll look cool when they swim a just completely inhuman depth. To uh, to get inside of the giant like little, little city-sized spacecraft, yeah. yeah. Also, okay, and the other thing, uh, the the magical box that uh, transport you from Starfleet headquarters to Kronos, like all the way to the Klingon homeworld. Why do we need starships? <laughs> if you can, ta- if you can transport yourself from another planet to another planet across the galaxy, why do we need to build starships? He's con. He's smart. He's from 300 years ago, and he knows how to operate all of this. You know, like, <laughs> hey, let's thaw out the guy from 300 years ago and have him build a super starship. Well, sir, it's 300 years ago. What would he know? That's like me, like, thawing out uh, one of the pilgrims who came over on the Mayflower and be like, can you help me build, uh, you know, a, a really 2012 awesome car? You know what? B- help me build the 2014 Corvette. Just <laughs> let's design it. I want your input. Well, it needs more sales. Well, he's like... <laughs> I need to say it's like you know you you were clearly the captain of the Mayflower you had the biggest buckle and you know and you were the strongest people were stronger back then right. maybe a little bit shorter but right. you know uh have you considered enslaving the Indians <laughs> uh, honestly the thing with with that movie is it's just they were going so much with the fan service but the problem was is that you were talking about the fan edit honestly I would have loved to see a fan edit where you would cut out maybe like 20 minutes of action scenes and about all of the stuff with the alternate villain being that other captain. Yeah. The Admiral Robo or whatever Cop. it was. Like, I mean, like, why do, <laughs> you have one of the greatest villains in movie history and you are just putting another villain on top of him. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, now, now I will say uh, I had my doubts as soon as they say it's Khan. I was like, oh, crap. No. But then when they're like, hey. Kirk, work with me. We need to work together. I'm like, oh, are they going to be super ballsy and make like Khan a good guy? Like, are they going to like? Is I was that, really is that hoping the twist for a hot minute. For, for a minute, like when they're, when they're like diving into the other ship, like through the through the field through the uh, debris field. I was actually kind of pumped. I'm like, holy shit, Khan and Kirk being buddies. That's a totally different direction. Congrats, guys. Balls out choices. Uh, and then it's like, nope. no, I'm bad because I'm, I'm born that way. Yep. Yeah, I'm bad because... Cue Lady yeah, Gaga. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm bad because the story makes me bad, even though there's another villain that we're both trying to conquer. Also, Klingon Homeworld, what a cock tease. And we really, need to, and we I, really and need to cut to some songs yeah. here, guys. Yeah, yeah, let's cut to some songs and then come back, because there's no, there's no way that we'll stop. <laughs> so, uh, with that cock tease of Klingons... I felt that uh, that you wanted to boldly go down on on no, me. I, I know what no. What's the name of the album? Well, yeah, right. Okay. There, there's an album by uh, called uh, "Boldly Go Down on Me" by uh, Warp Eleven, an awesome and local sci-fi sci-fi Star Trek themed band. These guys are local to Orlando. Uh, not in Orlando, but Central Florida. Okay, are they going to be at Nerdapalooza? Working on it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so yeah, they have a song called "Kill, Kill, Kill, Kill." kill Klingons and I thought it was appropriate because that's what happened in the movie that was the most exciting part it's like oh Klingons and they're getting killed you guys should definitely check out this band Uh, they have a lot of records they have a lot of uh, hilarious sounding titles we play them on Nerdy FM at nerdy.fm where you can listen to nerd music streaming 24-7 if you didn't 
know about that, that's probably where you're going to want to spend most of your time now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, of course, link to them, but uh, but definitely check them out. These guys, uh, geez, if, if you want Star Trek rock and roll, look this no further. This is the place to go. So uh, uh, the Klingons, is it me or did their redesign? They looked a lot more like penises. <laughs> I kind of 
like the redesign. I don't know. I, I, was, I believe that they were like they they were <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like smooth skin baby face. Like I feel like if Worf saw these guys, it's like. What are you, milk drinker? Like, what, what, look, what are you? Like, what human fucked your mom? You know, like, they, they I, don't like, I like, like the idea that a Klingon insult is milk drinker. Yeah. <laughs> the look is whatever. It's superficial. It doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference. So I, I really have no right to really rage about it because they're redesigning pretty much everything. I just thought it was timid and not bold. Like the armor and stuff. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, I like the armor. But, but the, the armor moment was, they took off the armor, they're like, oh. They're like, oh, you just look like it. So wait, you were doing huge, cool redesigns for armor and ships and everything. But when you... Let's see the Klingon face. And I, when, you know, I'm, I'm down for something new. I'm down for something different. But eh. here's my ideal version of this film. Peter, Ra- Ra- Wrath of Khan is your ideal version of that film. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this, is, this is a different film. They're doing their own thing. Um, uh, uh, Peter Weller says, all right, well, I want to start a war on Klingon. Mm. So he doesn't even fuck around with this weird escort trip that Kirk was totally going to screw up for him. Yeah. I mean, let's not... Mm-hmm. He, he put he put years and years of covert planning in the hands of someone who is not in his organization. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he just does it. He's like, war with the Klingons? Let's incite it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. So he does. And he incites a crazy war with the Klingons, which becomes the defining event for this new Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, yeah. They destroyed Vulcan last film. Let's go have a full-blown motherfucking war with the Klingons. And so and does he get cut out, so cut out Khan entirely and make the villain just, or, make it a mystery where it's like, wait a minute, this is a conspiracy. No one's going to believe us. We're at, we're way out here by, by whatever. We can stop the war if we act in time. They don't act in time. The war begins into darkness. The war begins. Boom. Like, why Credits. not? Yeah. That's it. That's what I want. That would be better. And it'd be interesting instead, because the whole thing of Star Trek is that there are these uneasy alliances. There's mm. They're trying to stop war with the Romulans and mm. the Klingons this entire time. Well, they messed up. So yeah. now they have to deal with the consequences of war. Yeah. That is, would be an interesting Star Trek. And Kurt to has to rise to the occasion as a captain after that. It's one thing to be captain during peacetime and be like, ah, fuck it. We're going right. Come on, Spock. We're going around. But it's also different. We, can, we go banging ladies and just have some fun, ride with the top down. And now it's like, well, shit, we're at war. So... No more fun. Let's and, uh, and it's interesting because Kirk has that, that chip on his shoulder about Klingons because Klingons killed his father. But in this no, universe, they didn't. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't have a beef with the Klingons now. Right. So no, it wasn't personal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it'd be he would be more interested in being in the, stopping the war. Yeah. Right. And, and being the peace talker. The diplomatic Kirk would be an interesting just, Kirk to watch. I just don't want to watch this Kirk anymore. I'm exhausted. The first film <laughs> well, was okay. They made but, him different. They just yeah. repeated the first film. Like yeah. I was like the I, launching point. If they started this new film with the way that last film ended, he would be a different Kirk and he'd be a little bit more reserved, a little bit more commanding, a little bit more, you know, whatever. And uh, it would have been interesting, but instead it was the exact same Kirk from the beginning of the last one bar fight and brawl. And where it doesn't feel like an away mission. Yeah. It feels like a frat prank. Uh, Speaking uh, in State of the Empire terms, honestly, this didn't make me feel very good about episode seven. Yeah, it gave me a little bit of worry. But again, I I put more faith in Michael Arndt as a writer than JJ as a a director. Yeah. Uh, But we'll save the rest of that for them because that will go on for forever about that. Yeah. And we really should move on to something. Yeah, let's let's, yeah, let's leave Star Trek behind. It's uh... Doug. You've seen World War Z. Yes, I haven't seen World War Z yet. I'm actually pretty interested in seeing World War Z. I am on. I am an individual who is on the fence. Okay. What I have heard about World War Z is that originally, when this film was pitched, Brad Pitt uh, and his production company was interested in actually creating a World War Z movie that was truly based on the book and actually filming the World War Z book, and then they couldn't get anybody to buy it. So they took it to a larger studio 
who ended up purchasing it. And now the World War Z that we have is what became of that. And so it is nothing like the book is at least that's what I've heard. Okay. well, I'll give you guys the rundown on my experience because I'm a huge fan of the book. Huge fan of Zombie Survival Guide. Max Brooks. Good guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Max Brooks fan. But not a traditional zombie movie fan. Like, I like the original Dawn of the Dead, but uh, the others, you know, movies in general, I have a problem with fast-moving zombies, just because I think it's dumb. My suspension of disbelief for the slow-moving zombies, for whatever reason, that fills that gap. It works. I think once they start running fast, I start asking more questions, like, where do they get the energy? Is the flesh that they're eating power their muscles? Like, Is there some friction that's breaking them down faster? Exactly. Are they not actually dead? Yeah, that's uh, all these things I start asking. Uh, uh, 20 days later, they say they're not really dead. Solves that problem. I right. get it. Anyway, uh, so with World War Z, I-, I was hesitant. I wasn't really that interested. I like Brad Pitt. You know, he makes cool decisions. But my family said, hey, well, let's all go out and see World War Z. And I'm like, eh, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> so we go and uh, immediately I'm just like, it's not going to be like the book, you know, whatever. Um, I got to say it was uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really? a it was a pleasant surprise. This is coming from a guy who's diehard about the book. And right. I know a lot of other people who say they're diehards about the book and they're like, it was nothing like the book whatsoever. There's a lot of the book in this movie, surprisingly so. Like the trailers don't really show you a lot of, of what else goes on. I will say that the movie is not a direct interpretation of the book. It's more like a prequel to the book about how the war begins. Mm. The book is about like looking back after the war has ended. This is more of like your experience from Brad Pitt's point of view, how the war begins what's really going on and the way it's like the book is that he works for the un and they need him to go from location to location to location interviewing certain people figuring out is there a cure can we stop this thing and uh, the places where he goes follow the mythos that's created in world war z like uh in the middle east they you know i won't spoil but like there's scenes where they are trying to let people in through the wall and stuff and they have these cages where there's dogs smelling the people just like in the book they're insinuating that maybe it came from somewhere in asia they're not quite sure where I just left the theater being like, that was so different from what I expected. And at the same time, different enough from the book that I didn't know what was going to happen. Similar enough to the book that as a fan, I felt satisfied. Acting was great. The special effects were really cool. I thought the zombies crawling over each other was going to be kind of a cheesy, you know, one note thing. But they relate it to like how the, the virus spreads like an organism. It's almost like there's no hive mind by any stretch of the means. They're all individuals. But the way they move were like ants climbing up one another, right. just, you know, completely created a whole new dynamic, unique sort of action scenes that happened. And it followed the rules of zombies very strictly, with the exception of them running. The running I got used to because they utilized it differently than most other running zombie films that I've seen. Anybody that I've spoken to has actually really enjoyed this film, whether yeah. or not they are book readers or not. They, yeah. Even the layman's enjoyed this movie. I, I knew that the movie was going to be a big crowd pleaser when, as we walk out of the movie, my dad, my uncle Jeff, and my sister, we, we was, all went um, to go see was it. Was Hexa's Aunt Nancy, was she there? Oh, I didn't see Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Nancy. She wasn't there? Okay. No. Um, Hexena? Was Hexena there? But uh, anyway. I will destroy both of you. But anyway, everybody walked out of there thinking it was great. And for the first time, I was able to have a true nerd discussion about zombies with the older male relatives of my family. Wow. That's cool. Where they would be like, no, wait a minute. How does that, how does that thing work? I'd be like, actually, guys, uh, it works this way. <laughs> but what if you, but he cut off, if you cut off someone's hand and they're bitten the hand, are they still going to get infected? Well, if you work fast enough, because that's to go through the bloodstream. And they, we're having these like legit, you know, nerd out discussions about this. Like, well, what if uh, like the winter freezes over? That's true. They would freeze, you know, and they're like, but wait, could a zombie swim? No, it lacks the coordination to swim or climb ladders. But that's why they had to climb each other. You know, it's really getting in depth. And it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. So it sparked a lot of good conversation. Um, I heard later that they reshot Act 3 completely. Yes. Uh, uh, and it went way over budget as a result. This movie right. cost $190 million, I believe. 
Now, uh, I didn't know that until after I saw the film, and, then, and I thought it felt seamless. Like, I, there were things that happened in the end that are referenced in the beginning. And that, in fact, they brought Lindelof in to write that ending, I've heard. Okay, okay, interesting. Why like, do they keep doing this? Why? <laughs> He's Can a hit machine, please, Colin. I just, I... Just take him and, and put him away and well, put him in chains in a, in a room and, and bury it. All I'm saying is, is that the end felt inevitable. I heard that the original ending had something to do with a big battle in Russia. And now it's like just a small footnote at the very, very end where they mention, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a fight going on in Russia. And it's like, oh, interesting. But uh, I don't know. It was it was good. It had a beginning, middle and end. There were character arcs. It's not the greatest movie that was ever made, but it's definitely the best zombie film out of like the last five. You know, uh, originally, the uh, director said that um, they saw World War Z as being a trilogy and that was shelved when the production trouble happened. Mm -hmm. However, the opening was successful, though it hasn't yet made back its money. Mm -hmm. So Paramount announced that they are going to hell with the sequel. I'm actually excited to hear that because, uh, you know, I went in very skeptical, very, you know, cynical, rather, I should say I was I was cynical about it. And uh, after leaving, I'm like, I would love to see another film with that same kind of tension, the same kind of action. I recommend it. It and Iron Man 3 are my movies of the summer. For you sure, have so pushed me from on the fence to interested. Yeah, yeah. Interested is a good way to go. Because if you go in being like, well, Dark Star, that's going to be great. So if it's not the best movie ever, no, then I, whatever. I, <laughs> but I, I would, I'd say if, if I had to bet whether or not you would enjoy it as a human being, I would bet you would enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> as opposed like, to what? I like enjoying as, things. As opposed to the Klingons in the in the new Trek or, uh, or say, uh, say Super. Superman or Superman <laughs> or if you're an alien from another planet like Superman. So, yeah. Now, this will be interesting because I did not see Superman. Oh, this is interesting. J. Michael Straczynski is credited for the story of World War Z. I wonder how that factors in. Weird. Whoa, yeah, really? it's a pretty big name. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, yeah, Superman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man of Steel. I've heard a couple of people say they refer to it as meh of steel. <laughs> is that is that accurate? Or it could, um, be, it could be Man of Stool. <laughs> Man of Stool. <laughs> Man of Stool. <laughs> um, anyway. Here's the, here's the thing about Man of Steel. Opinions were heated. I was watching my Facebook feed and it was people loving it and people hating it. There was mm. no middle ground whatsoever. And that freaked me out. I was kind of like, Jesus, I don't want to see it. That's kind of why I've avoided it. Yeah. I don't want to have an opinion about this. People are whew, no good. Mm -hmm. But then I saw it. And um, after having seen the film, like, like I was uh, whatever. And then when I got to talking about it, then I realized just how bad it was. Mm -hmm. um, it's rage worthy. It's just insulting. It's in a world where, where Marvel gets it right so hard. This film is just a shame. It is a shame and a sham. Mm -hmm. Hex, you've seen it? Yes. He's just staring off in the distance, like longing for better days of Superman. <laughs> in brief, Man of Steel is a without briefs this time around <laughs> is an adaptation of the first two Richard Donner films, a poor adaptation of them smushed together using absolutely no auxiliary Superman source material whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. So they took two films 30 years old. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN that are cheesy today but totally worked at the time and are still very good for what they are and they attempted to mash that up with christopher nolan mm. and his stylings mm -hmm. and created a monster 
Christopher Nolan, as far as I was aware, hasn't done much to publicize his involvement with the film at all. Yeah. It's really been just sort of like, Christopher Nolan, please help us with Superman. And Christopher Nolan has said in the past, look, I, I don't want to do Superman. I, right. I just don't want to do it. Please just let us put your name on it. Here's $200 million. Will you be producer? Ugh, well, okay. Fine. You know, story by Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, here's a story by Doug Banks. How about we do the origin story of Superman and uh, General Zod shows up and they have a fight. There, I'm a producer. Give me my $200 million. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Nolan did the exact same thing. Screenplay like, by Goyer. You know, like Nolan's number two guy. I really like David Goyer, but, you know, I, I, I'll defend him. But in this case, saying just because David Goyer write it doesn't mean it's going to be a smash hit. He also did Blade 3. <laughs> right. Well, basically, I think that this film was held back by a lot of things, and I think that it was probably a nightmare working with Warner Brothers because they mm -hmm. want to manufacture a hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They see Superman as untapped potential, money in the bank, a sure thing. We can get this right, no problem. I think that no one should have touched a Superman movie until the DC film canon was really well established. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Personally... I think that they need to leave Nolan's trilogy behind. Yeah, it was its agreed. own thing. It was totally self-contained. And there's no way that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin-y character mm -hmm. is going to take up the mantle of Batman successfully. He's just not cut out for it. And really, no one wants to see that. And uh, also, leave, like, leave a perfect ending perfect. I don't see how he could fit into a Justice League. Why, why he would even fucking care. Yeah. It's like, no... Gotham is so fucking corrupt, so horrible. Yeah. I need yeah. to be here. Which is, you know, it, it felt like they're trying to make a Justice League movie based on Nolan's Batman. Yeah. And not rebooting everything. Just start a whole new DC universe. Well, okay, so my biggest gripe with Man of Steel is the fight. The fight that completely pulverizes Metropolis because it's basically two men mm -hmm. duking it out and the place is turned to complete dust. Mm. Like the entire city is dust. Meanwhile, a fucking marauding army is held off by five fucking people in Avengers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, those three blocks are taken care of because they fucking contained it. They mm -hmm. actually worked to contain team, the yeah. fight. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Superman is like, uh, I don't fucking care. I'm just going to punch you through the Chrysler building. Mm -hmm. And that's just well, how it'd be. Yeah, the thing about this one, though, is that actually what's funny is that what's polarizing so much about this this film is that a lot of people were all about the fight. And honestly, like, yeah. I, I think that some of the fight scenes in this movie are things that we've never seen before, like the flying around and going through things. I honestly, when he first punched Superman through the like when they were in Smallville and they were blowing through all those buildings, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to go all the way the fuck around the world. That's going to be cool. Didn't happen. Well, but like, well, the, you know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff could have been cool, but it's just like Superman on a super scale for the fight. That stuff was interesting, but I don't get the fact where half of the movie is a fight when it's an origin story and there's no origin well, to be heard of. It's what mm -hmm. this, this film is just so overcomplicated to put things in perspective for you, Doug, you know, rehash the origin story of Krypton. It's kind of different. There's this weird ass plot device. They weave the origin story in and out of the film, mm -hmm. and that that part is mostly pretty good. Most of those scenes are pretty good. All the good. flashbacks on Earth. Yeah, the flashbacks I are love. great. I really like uh, watching a young Clark co uh, come to grips with his powers. I take issue with Jonathan Kent's martyrdom. And, that, uh, that right there, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Because yes. why the fuck would he sacrifice himself to run back for a dog and fight like a tornado when he's like, because of the nature of tornadoes, Clark could have hidden under the car. Look, I'm okay. The tornado missed me. 
Because well, tornadoes fucking do that. That's because Batman lost his parents, and so now Superman needs to lose his parents and well, be guilty because it's again, the only reason anybody becomes a hero. The biggest thing that I gather from people who've seen it is, they, oh, on a technical aspect, the fight, whatever, or even just the special effects themselves, they look good, it was fun, whatever, but it turned Superman into some guy who's just like an angry alien who punches things. Right. It was more of just like, I don't know my place, and... I'm angry because I don't know who I am or where I'm from. But and that is punctuated at the very end when General Zod says, you have to kill me to stop me. And Superman went, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's, that's actually a huge thing that a lot of people have been talking about because uh, no one was like, no, no, we can't have him do this. And Snyder was like, no, we have to. And not that Superman has a strict no killing policy. No, but if, that, if, it's like his if, reasons are what's If there the is thing. a character in comics for 75 years, you can count the number of times he's killed on two hands. Right, right. And that's including all the video games. And, you know, it's different. It's different cartoons. when you kill. It's different when you kill a monster or a computer that can speak, you know, right. You know, it's different. It's different when you kill a man, you know, and, right. and a savage brutal way well and and the thing that's just really just absurd about most of what's happening in the film superman doesn't have any time to establish himself as superman because i don't know they're like embarrassed or something they even shy away from saying the word superman for a very long time yeah uh, as seen in the trailer so he shows up on the scene at the site of a war that's caused exclusively because of his presence there's no reason for the world to trust him there's no reason for the world to like him and you can sure as hell bet that they're going to cash in on this fallout in the sequel but just setting it up for the sequel isn't an excuse for to make a first movie yeah, yeah. A, a film where superman doesn't ever have a chance on screen to breathe as the character and have any kind of interaction with the world as the character and this mm. this goes back to what I was going to say is that people when i said people have a positive reaction to the technical aspect and whatever Everybody else says, well, the one complaint, he, he wasn't really heroic. Like, he didn't really save anybody, you know? Except like, for Lois. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't see the movie, but, like, during all these building collapses, was there anyone who was just like, my baby? And he's like, hold on! And he stops the nope. fight for a split second to nope. catch a baby. In fact, they actually go out of their way to take all this time for human drama that he doesn't get involved with at all. You just right. see, you see Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White, like, saving his co-workers, and mm-hmm. Superman does nothing. So Perry White's the hero of right. the story. <laughs> Superman's just the angry th- tantrum-throwing, you know. Is basically what I walked away with. Right. And, and I so at I, the very end, at the very end, the military, like, they have drones following Superman. Is like, you know what? You should stop it. And I'm like, no. Why the fuck should they trust you? So you're saying this would have been a better standalone Hulk movie? In the Superman movie, well, the Hulk no, movies, both Hulk movies were more movie were more universally likable than this film. But I mean, it's like the aspect of a guy who I'm angry, no one understands me. Punch, 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 punch. City gets destroyed. I'm not trying to save people. That like that has more passion in it than what happens on screen with Superman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing about Superman, and you know, harkening back to what you were kind of talking about before, like you know, uh, saving Superman a little bit. That I think that people don't realize how difficult of a character Superman is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally am not a huge Superman fan because to me, he's too powerful. He's got like way too much shit going on. Mm-hmm. He can fly. He can jump over. He can. He's super strong. X-ray eyes. He can fucking blow shit up with his eyes and shit like that. All sorts of stuff. It's like a little kid came up with Superman. Like of all the powers that you just tack on as a child. 
child mm-hmm. of my hero can beat up your hero. That is you kind know? of what happened. That is, yeah, that is kind of what happened. <laughs> I can't get behind somebody who's like, oh, and then their one weakness is like, you know, the kryptonite stuff. But it's just like, what's his foil? What's going to bring him down? What makes him not boring? See, and, you, you, you hit on a, an excellent point because even though I'm a huge Superman fan, I'm an even bigger Superman fan because of the original Richard Donner films. Even though I love those films, even they didn't get Superman quite right. That was the best for the time and it was the best for putting it into a movie for mainstream audiences. But in today's modern society of films and everything else, should Superman be self-acknowledging the Jesus references since we as an audience acknowledge that he's an alien. To me, that is poor Superman writing. It is so easy to write Superman as a messianic figure. Yeah, I think that the best Superman, the universally considered greatest version of Superman for not just a modern audience, but any audience, is Superman as a science hero as a very science fiction-y, it lives in a sparkling futuristic Almost city. Almost pulpy. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it is It is pulpy. If yeah. you, like Really, the, the golden go-to source material for it is uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly's All-Star Superman. Mm-hmm. It's sensational. It's, I, w- I would even stri- touch the uh, animated series. Yeah, well, that, that like, too. Because I'm not as familiar with that one. But yeah, the, but, but but the yeah it's, it's, it's along the same lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, he, he fights robots and deals with weird science problems, and he, he's so over the top and he's so powerful. Like, they needed Brainiac in this movie they needed Mm -hmm. a villain that was complex and interesting i mean zod's great but they didn't get to spend enough time with zod to make him a good character because they smushed superman's origin movie into into the zod movie yeah and then like you know they had the the two other supporting people in zod's army feora and the uh the big, big the big dumb one. All the characters were in there, and they didn't do anything with them because they didn't have time. When Superman is punching Zod in the new film, and you know they're, they're like it's like last twenty minutes or whatever, uh, do they bleed at all? Is it like like a bone breaking? No. no. Yeah. How does he kill him? He snaps his neck. But uh, but why does that kill him? That's a good question. Like if I'm punching you, punching you, punching you, punching you, punching you, nothing happens, and I twist your neck just a little too far. That will kill you? Yeah, apparently. Apparently and that's also a weakness for Superman. So take note, Brainiac and Darkseid, that if you're fighting Superman, he's weak against Kryptonite, he's weak against magic, and slightly rotating his neck to the left. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's just there's so much about this movie that doesn't work and isn't well thought out enough that it's just broken. It's a broken, hollow, it's a hollow experience. It's yeah. just worthless. Well, it's just, I heard people's like, it just lacks joy. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like, to me, the core of Superman is like, you got to have fun. Like Iron Man, fun. Batman, fun in a different way. You know, the money has been great so far, but the response has been pretty bleak. Unless mm-hmm. the, they're the people who love it. And I don't understand. And this is a good time to mention that there is a flame on microsode coming out. And Eric does love this film. And I haven't really gotten into it with him. I don't know why he loves it. So I look it's, forward it's to hearing. A, it's not a crime to like the movie. No. I no, just, he's, I, I just he's seen it several times. The good. I'm, I'm genuinely glad he enjoys it. I'm just saying I'd like it's to not know Superman. Why. It's just not my Superman. Yeah. I'd like to know why too. Because I just, I do not get it. And it's killing me. It's like Warner Brothers. I often associate the, the failings of DC with um, a bunch of middle management from up on high from yeah, them. And yeah. I, I, you know, they don't get it. They don't understand that they need to start with a film like Blade. And work their way up to a film like X Men, and then start with a film like Spider Man. Agree. And, and try like, to, I want to I'd see. They're already halfway there. If they just made a plan that stretched beyond the simple, we gotta make Justice League and uh, other movies. Like th- th- that's all that's ever come out. Animated movies. They're doing great for animated shows. Well, they're they're put, doing great. They're putting the but cart the before movies, the horse. Like, the movies. All they're doing. All they've ever done is Superman and Batman. Yeah. I well, frankly. No, no, no. You, they did Green Lantern. 
and Green Lantern. And like I, as a massive Green Lantern fan, I ignore that mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Man of Steel made more than the Avengers did on its opening day, they have already shifted the Justice League production into a higher gear. And <sighs> I've heard some things. I don't know how legit they are because, you know, everything changes in Hollywood. Things get weird. I've heard that they are, in fact, approaching Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Harry Cavill, the the Superman, and um, and surprisingly enough, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, Jesus. It's sort of like a let's ignore what we didn't like about the Green Lantern movie and move forward. And I'm fine with him being Green Lantern, but they're, but this is But this I, is real. I still need to be introduced to at least Wonder Woman. They're being approached. Or The Flash or Aquaman. Well, they're, they're, they're doing a Wonder Woman television series where she's in high school. Oh so great. God. Yay. So how many times have they tried to do a Wonder Woman TV series and it failed? Like, what, three times now? It's bad, man. I mean, I hear I hear okay things about Arrow, but I don't fucking know. I, I gave it a shot, and I, it was just another TV show. The, the one saving grace is Guillermo del Toro's doing the Justice League Dark movie. So if you what? Want, Wait, what's 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 the Justice League Dark did, movie? Got, okay, um, Justice League Dark. Holy shit! Is um, if it goes by the comic books, it's John Constantine and Swamp Thing and Madame Xanadu and Dead Man and uh, live action film? live action film. Oh. I want if it's Del Toro, and, then I'm 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 already buying my ticket right now. Yeah, it could it could be quite good. Like their Guardians of the Galaxy response. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It, that's what it is being directly perceived as. You, oh, oh my god! Oh, Marvel Marvel's got a team of weird characters, so we can do that too. <laughs> I'm okay with if this is the team they're choosing. But they're doing this before they even have I know. A Just, Justice League movie, which and they're doing a Justice League movie before they even have. But here's the a thing. Wonder Woman movie with with Marvel, everything is planned out. Why are they doing Guardians of the Galaxy with this wacky team? Because they planned it six years. Because ago. they need to have Thanos established as a villain. Mm-hmm. Thanos is. Cosmic. Cosmic can't just randomly jump in. I mean, it's hinted at with uh, with Avengers, but the fact of actually establishing him as a villain with Guardians of the Galaxy, that's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. introducing all these really fun, kooky characters and building a villain I, for Avengers 2. I just think Warner Brothers is impatient. I do too. Like Very. they like they they that's want that saying, they yeah. want the Avengers movie now. But they, I cannot see the Nolan verse, the new Metropolis. No. no. And no. Coast City from Green Lantern being in the same yeah, world. No way. I think they are planning to ignore the, the previous film because the Green Lantern film flat out cannot exist in the same world as these two movies. Because there was an alien invasion that happened there and there's no reference to it in any of the other films. And aesthetically, Superman and Batman are similar enough that they could Theoretically, mesh. but it's like, well, I mean, you know, once again, Christopher it, Nolan loves like that certain kind of 90s metropolitan building architecture and it's chock full of that. Yeah. Man of Steel can be a good movie that stands on its own. It makes your money, do whatever. But if you're going to be serious about a Justice League movie, you got to establish a definite tone. Do a new Batman. Reintroduce Batman. Don't do an origin story. Just reintroduce Everyone a new tone for knows Batman. The Batman story. Everyone knows Batman. Everyone knows Superman. Or go, if you're super gutsy, which I know you're not, go for Wonder Woman or The Flash. Set the tone with one of those movies. Slowly bring them in other, you know, on top of that. Just and until eventually you work your way back around to Superman, work your way back around to Batman. But save them for last because people love them the most. I don't know. I, I just feel like at the end of the day, they're caring more about getting the movie out there as fast as they can, collecting on the money, and just fueling this machine to keep it going for as long as possible. It's like superhero movies are now, they're the new big genre. Like, I'm trying to think of another movie genre that was a flash in the pan that happened really quick, that there was a million of them. And, and fantasy and films in the 80s. Yeah, fantasy films in the 80s, cowboy movies uh, in the 50s Vampire and movies. 60s. Disaster movies in the 60s and 70s. In the 90s. And the, yeah, 90s. the ni- and in the 90s. It's going to be the same thing. They're not looking at it in the long term. Whereas Marvel is its own comic studio and movie studio. And they, they're, they're, they're looking 
for the end of time. They want to keep making this stuff. They're, right. Whereas Warner Brothers is like, let's ride the gravy train until it runs out. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, because that's the way it used to be. Let's fast track this script so that we can get in on this like disaster thing. Because this one disaster film was really it's great. Not going to so last forever. Yeah. So let's just do it. You know. So it's just like I, I agree with you. They are just fast tracking all this stuff to get it out when they're not really having a thought out plan, which Marvel clearly has. Now there is one movie coming out that has both Batman and Superman <laughs> that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. And I was not expecting it. Oh uh, yeah, we um Cap, Cap knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, is this? There's a microsode coming out about Legos. And uh, oh! this 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 microsode if you're a, a sort of person who listens to all of Nerdy Show, awesome. Uh and <laughs> and know that this Lego Thank episode you. is now somewhat obsolete because the Lego movie has been announced and the trailer's out and we were we were in this episode being like, "What the hell is this?" Lego movie on Wikipedia? What the fuck is this gonna be? Some I knew they were working on it, and I thought it's I'm like this is dumb. Lego movie. <laughs> yep. What the hell? And then, and then the trailer drops, and I'm like, Oh, they oh, get it. Oh shit. <laughs> like this is aware of itself. It was aware of its audience, and it was just going for it. Yeah. I mean, it looks fun. I mean, like the Lego games are really well known. It's that same kind of humor. Right. Will Arnett is Batman. I'm like, I I was like, that sounds dumb. And then I seem like, hey, you know, maybe uh <laughs> maybe it's pretty good. <laughs> now, so what, what's the title of this? The Lego Movie. Yeah, yep. Colin, you you, awesome. don't, you haven't seen this? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll check dude, it out. yeah, the trailer well, let's, is. Let's, yeah, look up the trailer and I'm, let, let's hear your reaction to the trailer. Oh God! Oh, it's a Warner Brothers film. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, how come the Lego people get it? And Lego does Marvel and DC now. So what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this looks awesome. <laughs> What? <laughs> Michelangelo. I know, right? Martin Freeman. <laughs> Will Arnett is Batman. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I only work in black and sometimes very, very dark gray. He won me over with that line. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck? Who is this girl at the end? Does anybody know who that is? It's just one of the characters, I guess. Okay. I just didn't know if it was a sexy Lego girl. Yeah. Her blocks are so elegantly painted. Look at them straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> but like, now what? Now why? That why, looks fucking why, awesome. Why does that look so awesome? And it's a Warner Brothers movie with all those superheroes in it. And it's like awesome. But yet Green Lantern's what we get. Mev steals what we get. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. We got to move on. Um, Hex, what do you got for us? So I thought an appropriate track would be originally by i fight dragons their track no one likes superman anymore hmm. this is an acoustic cover by our good pal Shea o'reilly <laughs> i'm pretty sure we played it before however it's just so damn appropriate with our thoughts from uh this movie yeah play it again hex <laughs> strong hands strong Strong all the time Straightforward and kind To simply define No one wants to know The man who stands for things we outgrow He's too noble and too blind we're all older now, and we don't need someone to care about the innocence we left 
touch that dial It's just that goodness is out of style Be dark, be cold No hand to hold Dark night, bright soul No room here for the bold No one wants to know The man who stands for things we outgrow He's too noble and too blind We're all old now And we don't need someone To care about the innocence we've left behind yeah. And what if he can fly? Hey, well, so can I JetBlue or United Airways And what if he is strong? Always sees the Reflected in his eyes No one wants to know the man who stands for things we outgrow He's too noble and too blind all right, so we're going to we're going to close this out, but first we got to give some mad props to some cool people and then we're going to talk a little bit about what's yet to come in this summer. June has ended and uh though at as of this recording I don't have the final tallies, you guys pushed us over our monthly support goal, so thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That means that the network can survive again and Nerdy Yay, Show and all the other shows. We didn't die. Can continue to exist month to so th- month. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a little <laughs> month to month. <laughs> It's a new month. It's new support perks. We've got a compilation of outtakes from our big post-Heroes Con interview-heavy comics episode we did. We got some outtakes featuring the whole group of people who are writing all the Green Lantern books now and uh, Rob Venditti. It's a, a good selection of outtakes. That's what's that's what's in store for you uh, for new supporters in July. And uh, if you help us pass our goal, then there'll be something else. So we got to give props to Anna Barich, who said, great work as always, fellas. Your E3 coverage got me more excited about upcoming games than any of my other news sources. All right. That's wow. pretty cool. Yay. Big Bad Shadow Man said, five bucks for the new Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a little bit of a uh, Wolfman. There's a little bit of Wolfman in everybody. (laughs) Tolan said a wild donation appeared. (laughs) That's good. good. Is that for Pokeballs by chance? Uh, Well, no. Maybe he realized somehow that we recorded a new Pokeball. He's trying to send you a message. Trying to send you a message. (laughs) Antique Zimmer sent us some love. And Twomper said, nerdy folk, I just realized I haven't thrown any money at you fine people recently. And that's really a shame. Here's some walking around money. You earned it, sweet thing. Oh. Uh, I'm assuming this earns me a microsode, and he assumed right. But let's be honest, you've got a backlog 50 plus deep. You don't you don't need me gumming up the works anymore. So in lieu of a new microsode, I'd very much appreciate if you could instead expand my forthcoming microsode, Nerdy Show Season 1 Retcon, by a few minutes. Ooh. I, I understand that hurting that many cats around one recording time is difficult, so might as well take advantage of the opportunity, right? Conclusively, Twomper. And yeah, you're right. It's actually weirdly hard to get Brian Clevenger and Aaron on the same show. But 
Nonetheless, it will be so, and we will double the length of that microsode. Booyah. It's been a long time coming. You know, every time you guys push us over a $100 limit, you earn a microsode. We are many microsodes deep, but don't worry, we have plans for neutralizing these in uh, fun, creative, and very exciting and entertaining ways. Give us time and keep giving us uh, keep giving us your money. We want your time, your money, and your undying love. <laughs> I mean, is that too much to ask? Well, and we'll keep giving you awesome microsodes. It'll happen. Keep giving us the suggestions, and we'll keep doling them out. Yet to go in this summer, uh, the, the big ones. We got Lone Ranger, Pacific Rim, Wolverine, Elysium, and Kick-Ass 2. Lone Ranger, I am somewhat interested. I love Gore Verbinski. He's a really, like, his movies are really fun. I will say, the, the thing that might give me a little bit of an interest in it was that he did very good with Rango. Yeah, Rango was incredible. Rango, Rango was, was phenomenal. And it was like a Western. Like, it really it paid homage to, to some, some good stuff. So maybe uh, when he get free reign to do a, a real Western, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's pretty good. I just really am not interested in seeing Johnny Depp be a Native American. He almost got trampled to death by his horse. He, no he, he, so. he is part Native American, and that, even still, I'm still very uncomfortable by him portraying a wacky Native American. Yeah. It just doesn't feel... I, well, now, here's the thing. Like, what, now, here's the thing. Is it going to be wacky Native American that's insulting, or is it just that he's different? Like, I, I, I got, I've gotten mixed things from the trailer, but I'm, I have a little bit of faith that it's that he's not going to be the wacky, crazy, like, oh, I'm funny, laugh at me. Laugh at my funny voice. It's more of just like... He is doing his own thing, and he just sort of happens to. Team I, up. I don't think the character's outright disrespectful, but it's just like would be nice. There's there are no shortage of Native American actors, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, some of them probably as talented as Johnny Depp, and I'm sorry that they're not a big name like Johnny Depp, and but you know whatever. I'm kind of on the same wavelength mm-hmm. as that. I understand, and I understand that. Yeah, it's true. And it's um, it's big enough that I just don't care enough. Yeah, I'm also tired of Helena Bodum Carter and Johnny Depp being in the same film. Yeah. I'm just tired. I mean, yeah. he's I'm he's tired. He's, tired. A, he's aware of it. He made a joke about it in uh, Life's Too Short, but uh, it's not changing anything. They're still yeah. They're still and in it's that. Not, uh, it's like, not really his fault. I mean, it's yeah. like it's money. Tell yeah. the directors and producers to stop doing it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is his fault. It, it comes out on July third. July third. Okay. So hey, hey, Shredder's in this movie. <laughs> Colonel Wait, Schrader. Colonel Schrader's in this movie. No, Butch uh, Cavendish, uh, William uh, Fickner, or however you pronounce his name. The what, guy who's what playing Shredder se- in the new Michael Bay film. Oh, God. I, he's, he's, he's in this. No, no, no. He's not playing Shredder. He's not Asian. He's playing Colonel Shredder. <laughs> God, that movie is going it's to like, be such no, an abortion. He's playing Urokosaki. That is who he's playing. It's like, it's like what? It's like, we're, we're complaining about Johnny Depp playing Native American. You got this guy playing Urokosaki. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I, mean, we, I mean, honestly, I, I, w- I was worried about. Jake Gyllenhaal playing a Prince of Persia, but he did okay. Did okay. Uh, so then Pacific Rim, uh, Ooh, pretty excited about cannot that. Cannot overstate how excited I am for this. I'm, 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 I'm reserved. A reserved excitement is the best I can. Giant. It's actually got, there's some rumbling on it though, because a lot of people are, um, the marketing departments are having some issues with it because, uh, apparently it's not hitting well with, uh, mainstream audiences is because people are like, oh, it's just a, you know, Japanese thing. giants, uh, you know, monster transformer, you know, it's basically transformers versus Godzilla. So people aren't really into it as much as they really should be because the marketing has all just been like just a big, like fight essentially. So right. a lot of people are, the, there's, I, I hope that it it gets good reviews so people go out and see it there's so much about that movie that is like not being shown in the trailers i get the impression right I, right anyway we'll see it's guillermo del toro he's 
really yet to steer anybody wrong. So, right. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. And our giant monster episode is forthcoming. I apologize. It's been a busy, busy time. It's been hard for me to finalize the damn thing. Um, Wolverine. You know what? Despite cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Well, yeah cautiously <laughs> From optimistic. everything I've yeah. seen, like uh, despite uh, each, the each, previous Wolverine movie, each successive trailer has gotten me more and more interested. Right. It's like Marvel went. Oh, okay. We actually see where but we it's went not wrong. Marvel. It's this not Marvel. Fox. We gotta we gotta stop. It's, it is really com- yeah. yeah yeah. They don't they don't have the wolf. They don't have That's the Wolverines right. and the X Men's. This is this is 20th Century Fox. So yeah. I guess they actually paid attention to the well. The this. thing the thing is that the companies that actually were successfully ruining the Marvel films, Fantastic Four, Wolverine, um, Ghost Rider, Punisher Two. Those companies realized from the success of Marvel working independently that they needed to wise the fuck up. Otherwise, they would be burying the properties that they're spending so much money and going out of their way to make sure that they contractually can hold on to. Right. So I think they've probably ponied up with this one. They've probably talked to Marvel. They probably said, we don't want to make a bad movie. You don't want Wolverine to look bad. Let's make a good movie. Yeah, they had uh, Aronofsky attached to it for the longest time before he had to move on because of time, you know, schedule conflicts or whatever. But it looks... Looks pretty good. I mean, I've got, got my hopes, you know, uh, moderately high. <laughs> just, yeah, just, so you know. I'm, I'm once I agree with y'all, mm-hmm. cautiously optimistic. We'll have to just, just wait and see is the best we could say. I yeah, guess. based off of how people talk about it, I may see it in the theaters. Uh, Pacific Rim, definitely going to see that in the theaters. Elysium. Oh, Elysium. I am intrigued. Matt, yeah. Damon, Matt Damon sci-fi. Yeah, with uh, yeah. Jodie Foster as a uh, seemingly a, antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. It, I have high hopes for that one. That looks really yeah, good. It has my curiosity. To me. Like, it actually feels a little bit like, oh, here's like summer... Neuromancer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the ending of Neuromancer of breaking into this space I actually paradise. had that same thought when I saw the trailer the first time. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, Where so, they got that from? Something we forgot to mention, actually, is Oblivion. We gave a review of that in our previous State of the oh, Empire. Yeah. Oh, that's that, right. That yeah. actually did, was a qualifier as possibly one of the summer blockbusters. And I'm hoping that Elysium will wash the taste of Oblivion out of my mouth. Oh, and on, <laughs> on that same note with Oblivion, there's also After Earth, which was supposed to be supposed a summer to be a blockbuster. blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Ooh... Yeah. <laughs> not even Poor, will smith could save it yeah man when will smith can't save your movie yeah Oof. <laughs> that's bad night, man i think it's I, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah about to say many people didn't know this and even i didn't know it until the day it was released it was midnight shenanigans directed that movie they, i believe it they when you have to hide your director's name it's like maybe you should have picked someone else like if like i'm hoping people you know? are finally realizing that like he isn't Sixth Sense anymore. Yeah, that was a long time ago. A long time ago. I, I a know, lot of failure since then. I want to know what happened, but I don't even... He just <laughs> accidentally made a really good movie. He made accidentally made See, two of them in I, a row. I really yeah. liked Unbreakable. I liked Unbreakable, too. Yeah, I liked it and, as well. And I, I'm a fan of The Village, actually. So the Village is interesting. But yeah, Unbreakable, like, I still... I, I didn't see that in the theaters because I, it was not advertised properly. I remember, I remember them saying that there might have been a sequel and maybe a part three to Unbreakable where Bruce mm-hmm. Bruce Willie, he's got to go out and do his superhero <laughs> <Bruce> thing. <laughs> I was like, I was pumped, but then they just like, I eh, didn't make enough money. I'm like, God damn it. And then after that, it was. If they had said once, once in the trailer, comics. Right. I would have been interested, but they didn't say that at all. Right. If it came out now, it would have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. You know what? Why not, man? They've been. They, these sequels that you know, based on past franchises, or I would whatever. love to see an Unbreakable sequel. I just don't want to see Night Shyamalan direct it. No. I just don't want to see him touch it. But if they could get someone else involved, you bring back Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis, you got my money. Yes, yeah. I, I, I don't I, think whoever I makes know. that movie could afford them, though. At this point, uh, maybe we'll... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then finally, Kick Ass Two. 
cannot cannot wait. Um, I'm interested that Jim Carrey has revoked his uh, support of the film. Well, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. Wait, a, what? Yeah. Well, no, well, no, 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 no. To clarify, Jim Carrey basically said uh, he will not be doing any publicity for it because, in the wake of the shootings that have been happening, like Sandy Hook and stuff, uh-huh. he feels like he cannot voice support for a movie that is so violent. But okay, well, here's what I heard. I heard dude actually sought out the role. Uh, you might have no. I'm talking like that. That's that was before. Yeah. This is now. That's yeah. that's that's stupid. It, it's a little. I mean, I can understand where he's coming from, but he's just. It's you know. Maybe people, he's just people are going to go out. With his if people are going to go out and head. see the film, then they're not going to have a problem with. They're not going to draw. Yeah. That, that's a weird. Conclusion. No one's going to blame Jim Carrey for yeah. you know. For, um, right. All the like same. That. He looks amazing in it. Yeah. And, um. I, I Kick Ass Two and Hit Girl, both the comics, like the Hit Girl. Uh, miniseries and the kick and kick ass too mm-hmm. there's so much more than the first volume of kick ass like i i love those books and i cannot wait to see them combine into this film i i didn't read any of the books i saw the film when it came out uh just because it was you know very popular i had fun it didn't blow me away but you know um, it depends on the reviews if fans of the first movie in the comics like the second movie maybe i'll go check it out i'm kind of on the fence on this on yeah. whether or not i'll see it in the theaters Honestly, I might see it. I'm leaning towards maybe, but anything else or is, is that, kick-ass, that, that's kick-ass it. Kick-ass, kick-ass ends the summer word. Well, that's it. We'll see if we'll, maybe we will reconvene and do another one of these. And hopefully, we'll, hopefully we can't wait. It'll be so exciting. And yeah. So yeah. Oh my God. We got to get in the studio and do this right away. <laughs> we'll hit you back with more movie stuff in the future. And there's of course more awesome nerdy show stuff coming out. I, some of it, I can't really talk about just yet, but we'll tell you as soon as we can. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let me tell you guys what we're doing. At the end of July, we're staging something that we've been planning for a very long time. It's called Nerdy Show Live, and uh, you may have seen that branding. We've had it for quite a while. Well, we actually have a show called Nerdy Show Live, and what it is, it's a episode of Nerdy Show like you've never seen or heard before, filmed in front of a live studio audience at the Geek Easy, the bar in the back of a comic shop in Orlando, Florida. We're either going to be recording at the 26th or 27th. We'll have information posted as soon as we can. So if you plan on being in the Orlando, Florida area on July 26th or 27th, or you would like to plan to be on one of those dates, we will be recording Nerdy Show Live at the Geek Easy. If you are going to be in town or are now making plans to be in town, just go ahead and email info at nerdyshow.com and we will set aside a seat for you because there's limited space available. What's going to happen there? Well, it's going to be the fun Nerdy Show discussions that you know and love, and also some kind of crazy stuff that can really only be done with a bunch of willing participants and visual stimuli. It's not quite a talk show, it's not quite a British-style panel show, and it's not quite a game show. It's a nerdy show. So hold on to your butts. But it, it'll be it'll be awesome. It'll be yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, chat with us on the forums. We got a Nerdy Show wiki if you, if you guys are obsessive about us. Um then uh, that's a good place to uh, get obsessive. Tell us some some things we don't even know about ourselves. (laughs) Um, You keep better track of us than we do. Paranoia. If you haven't checked out our Paranoia um, XP RPG one shot, totally should check that out. Um, It was funny. I liked it. We had this this support drive and uh, fans requested that we play the Paranoia role-playing system for a one shot and we did and it turned out fantastic. So uh, to take us out, (laughs) what I have is a uh, new track from uh, Frontlot's album that came out last year called Solved. This track is All Formed the Head in celebration of giant robots with Pacific Rim. This features uh, Zealous One and Dr. Awkward. It is a pretty fun track. There was recently a music video made from a Kickstarter that was successful. So we'll link to the music video. Sweet. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Colin. Let's form the head. 
colored robotic space rhinoceri that we pilot. Why? Cause they're in survive. Plus, we heed the cry of our planet's population to defend them. We report to battle stations, split screen ready, and our rhinos are rocket ships with fully articulated tusk jaws and hips. They come equipped with individual special attacks, none with a lack, but a couple a little bit slack. I'm not naming any pilots specifically, but we're all color-coded, so you notice that typically I, in the goal, lead the charge, do the most damage to whatever very giant space invader managed to threaten the globe in yet another of our episodes. This week, malevolent galactic nematode, already beat up the squad when we face them. I'm calling it, let's form a giant robot and waste them. Monster misbehaving, planets needing saving, situations craving. I'll form the head, the enemy is clever, we're smaller but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head, y'all could do the treading, swing energy machete. If combination's ready, I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head. Pink, what I told you last time Got my agent on the phone, watch it with the worm slime And watch a star shine, focus in your cameras Cause it's a damn crime, being so glamorous Now panic, yeah, the shot of the supreme Mr. Koi's rhino bought them, my lackey team You got the name right with the yellow laser beam The other guy's no talker when he wants to talk to me Between scenes, sometimes I feel out of place Oh yeah, I'm the biggest damn star in outer space Dear fans, I am powered by your flattery The little old me, not the diva or the daiquiri back on track team and if you require me to show some early whites i'll remind you why you hired me there's no rivalry just me instead i'll be back in 15 just in time to form the head monster misbehaving planets needing saving situations craving i'll form the head the enemy is clever we're smaller but whatever when we put it together i'll form the head y'all can do the trending swing energy machete if combinations ready i'll form the head i'll form the head I'll form the head, I'll form the head, I'll form the head. Am I the only one who's finding this peculiar? That fighting giant aliens is getting too familiar and it's bad enough. And just my luck, my body's light as red. But do we always have to argue over who should form the head? NASA trained, I'm only overlooked because I'm the nice guy. I'm overqualified, I've logged six months of flight time. Astrophysicist, but still there's no respect for me. The golden boy and coys couldn't spell the word trajectory. Now they got me face to face and fighting with some fish bait. Ten minutes left. We'll never finish at this rate. We need a plan, rerunning through other enemies. But every battle has two minute breaks within the memory. All these giant insects, they put the world in jeopardy. I remember Megamoth as if it happened yesterday. Think it's time that we combine and rip this thing to shreds. But only if you promise me that I can form the head. Monster misbehaving, planets need a saving. Situations craving, I'll form the head. The enemy is clever, we're smaller but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head. Y'all can do the training, swing energy machete. If combination's ready, I'll form the head. 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 Pink, turquoise, stick together, some say. Ultra megafauna only clicks together one way. If that is apocryphal, might offer you turns up top where the view's at. You can look stern while we pose so menacingly. Brandishing blade about to rid us of the enemy with one swoop. Yeah, now time's critical. Don't debate this again. Oops, that space worm gobbled up Michigan. Monster misbehaving, planets needing saving, situations craving. I'll form the head, the enemy is clever. We're smaller, but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head. Y'all could do the trending, swing energy machete. If combination's ready, I'll form the head, I'll form the head, 
I'll form the head. I'll form the head. I'll form the head. Monster misbehaving. Planets needing saving. Situations graven. I'll form the head. The enemy is clever. We're smaller, but whatever. When we put it together, I'll form the head. Y'all can do the training. Swing energy machete. If combinations ready, I'll form the head. 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 Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Mm. Nerdy Show is made possible by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, the generous support of sexy listeners like you. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, Mm. rating and reviewing us on iTunes, making a contribution to our monthly support drive, or just making sweet, sweet love. Any extra-sized contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and mm, images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine, fine programming, community forums, videos, articles, and more... Head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store. And for the latest news, follow us on all of your favorite sexy social networks. All the gin joints in all the world, Chris Pike had to walk into mine.